Welcome to What's the Story. I'm Kim Burns, and I'm here with artist Fleur Spolidor. How did you do on that? Wonderful. Hi, Kim. <laughs> so nice to see you. Thank you for joining me today. Fleur is a French, well, you're from Paris originally, a French artist, and the pictures that you see behind her, they're actually paintings that Fleur did. Uh, just tell us how long ago this whole project began. Um, so there are 12 paintings in total, and it took me two years to, you know, research and paint the whole series. And the series, for everybody uh, uh, listening out there, is the swimsuit series. And it's so interesting to me. I read so much about uh, your humanitarian view of the world and, and of art in particular. But this series is really, really wonderful for women in general because it covers almost every category, in my opinion, of what women have suffered through the ages, but unfortunately still currently suffer from. So uh, let's start with the fact that you were born in, in Paris, but then I also read a really fabulous article about when you were living in Amsterdam. Yeah. So, and and that was all, your captivation there was with the beautiful houses and architecture, but that it was bigger than that because of your humanitarian view that houses represent so much of the inequality in the world and all that. So I just give a little bit of background of how you pro progress from then California, you're in Zurich, now you're in New York. I just want to give a little background on how far you have come to be able to present this at the Jay Heritage Center, which of course is right here in Rye, New York. Um, so yeah, I was born in, in France, and uh, but my husband is American. So we moved to California 20 years ago. And um, I started researching the history of California because that's how I, I work as a painter. I always, I always research the history of where the of the places I live, you know, the, the stories of the, of the people, uh, the story of the place, the history of things, um, just because, you know, it's um, when you live somewhere, I, I, you know, I really enjoy learning about the culture. Like it's, it's important for me to relate uh, and, and to try to understand the people I, you know. And the colors. I noticed that you kept bringing up the fact that Obviously, colors are so representative of certain places in the world, and California is, of course, different than Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, it's really not the same, you know, sunshine. Right. <laughs> the colors are really, really different. And when you see, you know, the sunlight in, in Amsterdam, uh, you start understanding better the, you know, Dutch art, uh, because that's the result of the place, you know, they, they come from. Um, my, my colors are really more from California because they are so, you know, um, vibrant. Um, and I also, because of the subject matter also, because um, I wanted to, to work on that series of about women's rights. And, and the subject matter is, is pretty difficult already. And so I decided to work with very happy colors uh, to, you know, because the whole idea of that series is to um, start discussions, you know, like um, get people to to open up about their own situation. Well, in fact, I found it really interesting because uh, I did read that a lot of it was based on a couple of different things for women's rights, a, a, a photograph of 
acid being poured into a swimming pool because African-Americans had gone there and jumped in in, a, in sort of a protest per se. Also, the measuring of a woman's bathing suit on the beach by a policeman and just how really oppressed women have been, all these rules that are so crazy, uh, you know, that are, you know, racist or misogynist or or whatever, and that you would sort of, that was the impetus for creating the series. Is that correct? Yes, I, you know, it's, it's uh, the whole um, idea is to try to understand my surrounding. And because, you know, as you know, I'm French, and I'm not American, and I'm trying to understand the, the society I live in. And so I find those images that are so surprising to me that I, I want to research the history about it. And so that's how about researching all those, you know, the past of America, I ended up, you know, studying that series uh, where you see cops, you know, um, uh, measuring bathing suits on, on the beach. Uh, because women, you know, um, if their bathing suits are too short, they're going to be sent home uh, to change. And, and if they refuse, you know, um, um, in that period of time, if they refuse to change, then they would end up in jail still wearing their bathing suit. Well, so I mean, it's, it sounds so ridiculous, right? And it's it's so real. So with each of the paintings, and we're going to talk about some in particular that were that were so striking to me, but you use all sorts of different recycled materials. Can you give us a little explanation about doing the art itself? I know you teach art and you have an education in art, but then you get to the point where, how do you decide, okay, I'm, you know, fine, I'm gonna create a swimsuit series and this is how I'm going to depict it. Plus, I need for you to explain that on each of the bathing suits is some famous painting. I know that's a big that's a big category, but let let's go with that so that people can understand how great the series is. So the, you know each painting starts with a collage of recycled materials um, that I don't want to have and you know put it in the trash. I'm always worried about you know recycling. If it's if I put it in the recycled bin, is it really gonna be recycled? So Probably not half the time. It's terrible. So the idea is like, you know, when you buy your lemons or your oranges, you have those little plastic nets. And I was too worried about those ending up in the ocean. Um, so I started, you know, gluing them on the canvas. And I'm doing that with, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, like bubble wrap or papers or, you know, anything that I can find. And so it makes a very textured background. And then on top of that background, I start painting my subject matter. Uh, in this case, uh, women's rights, women in their bathing suit. And, and the idea of the bathing suit, um, um, you know, having a reproduction of a famous piece of art from, from you know, another painter um, comes from, uh, you know, in America, when you want to advertise a brand, uh, you put it on a, you know, a t-shirt. And so I wanted to use um, art history as a way for women to um, uh, defend, you know, protect their rights, defend their rights, try to, you know, it's it's an idea of um, comparing artwork from a certain period of time with the real uh, rights that women had at that time. Or you know, trying to have fun, just, um, you know, um, make people think about like comparing um, or learning about one of 
one artist or another about their life, um, you know, like Artemisia Gentileschi, um, who was, um, you know, raped by one of her, you know, dad's students, uh, both were, you know, art students, and, and, and the ways that she was tortured afterwards, uh, because they were, you know, um, the, the, the guy who raped her had promised to marry her, uh, just to keep on, you know, to have sex with her. And, and then he's like, no, I'm not going to marry you. And so then the, his, her father decided to do a trial, not because he had raped his daughter, but because he refused to marry her. Um, and so you're like, <laughs> it's a whole story. When you start, you know, reading about Artemisia Gentileschi, you're like, how is that even possible? I know. I, I read that whole piece and it was, I had to reread it a couple of times because it was so, so astounding that it was true. And that's one of millions of stories. So, and on that exact note, I was wondering as I was going through this, because you're talking about, of course, bathing suit, censor, um, LGBTQIA, you know, and justice, uh, all this on pink tax, which I would like to uh, elaborate on further, but you had to limit it to 12. That was your choice. And so how did you limit the topics? Because when I was going through this, sadly, I thought, oh my God, she could have done 20 of these. Yeah. So there are only 12 because they are um, a representation of the 12 months of the year. And it's the idea that, you know, every day, every month, we need to fight for women's rights. And, and it was the idea, you know, in those calendars, you would have those pinups, like those very cute girl with their mini skirt. And, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, paint women in their bathing suit, uh, but they're gonna be, uh, you know, strong women, fierce women, women who are defending themselves. Like they are not just a um, sexual image uh, that you put on your, you know, on your walls. Um, well, and on that note, one of the ones that I found really interesting was the one um, called breastfeeding. Uh, and of course, as we all know, there's all this shame put on women who actually breastfeed their children. And you you were talking about how because women's breasts had been so sexualized through marketing, through advertisements, through I mean, that's what they're really associated with you know, to the male population is all about to benefit them and really breasts are to feed babies, but you're not allowed to. And it's such a contentious, horrible argument either way, because if you're in the hospital, as you may have experienced, which I did, they really, really, really promote breastfeeding, regardless of whether you're capable of doing it or not. And then the people that are good at it get shamed in public. Like, it's, it's always this lose-lose on things that are so private and so specific to women. I mean, men don't have the, they don't have to think about that, but they are allowed to shame you or make you feel horrible either way. And that is the thing that's so disturbing to me about most of these depictions that you've done. Yeah, I, I, each time I wanted to, you know, talk, about something that was difficult for women, but I wanted to show them doing it and being proud of it. Like, so the breastfeeding painting, uh, the woman is in a, a swimming pool because that would be, you know, like completely impossible to imagine a woman breastfeeding in a swimming pool. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I was going to the extreme of that situation because women cannot even breastfeed in a restaurant. Like they could be asked to leave. Uh, or, you know, go to, to the restroom to do that. 
and and many women had to do that in in restrooms you know at work um well and 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 that's the other thing that was brought up is the fact that okay well then there's women who have to take all this time off in order to breastfeed their child in order to take care of the children or what have you and then you're discriminated against for not being a reliable worker and it's it's just as catch 22 because how's the population supposed to go on but i wanted to tell you this is really funny i saw this the other day of uh a hat for the baby so you're breastfeeding and the hat the cap goes on the baby's head and it looks like a big huge breast so it looks even exaggerated. It's so funny. And I thought, oh, I have to tell her that. <laughs> because it was fabulous. It's like, you think this is offensive? Look at this. It's so, it was so good. Because one thing we all have to do is, is laugh at some of the, you know, how, how impossible it is to get around all these fake rules, right? It's like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's really complicated. It's really, really complicated. And so on that note, for example, uh, what you're talking about with pink tax, why don't you explain what that painting is about? I, I found that to be so important. And I feel like there are so many times where I think we are just going backwards, being expected to uh, be of a certain age and look young and the makeup and the this and the that and it only applies to women and the amount of money that you have to spend or you're shamed and anyway let's why don't we talk about that a little bit so it's the idea that for a while and it's still you know happening today but everything that was you know for women were, was more expensive so like a pink razor was more expensive than a blue one or you know a, a pink bicycle was the exact same one of a blue one, the blue one was less expensive. Um, it was, you know, th that idea, and I, I don't know where it's from, where, you know, women are thinking um, that if they pay more for something, it's gonna be a better quality. And I'm trying to understand that way of thinking. Um, it's It's been studied, and but I don't know where, you know, where the, where, when the brainwashed happened. <laughs> right. It's, uh, you know, um, so um, industrials were kind of using that or, you know, they made us believe that. Um, so now that, you know, trying to, because it's, it's been shown, so now people are like, industrials are trying to um, readjust things. Um, also because of the pay gap. So there is, you know, things that we have to buy every month um, that are, you know, we don't have a choice. Um, and and that we if because of the pay gap we, we're not paid as much as you know as well as men, so a bunch of things are more expensive or a bunch of things are um, not an option for us. Like we need to buy them every month, and and we have less money, and right. so there is, is that difference in you know the the cost of living for women and how they can afford things. Right, and and the ridiculousness of the upkeep that's expected for you to be decent looking in public per se. So socially, there is a lot of weight on, on women's shoulders. Like right. the, you need the right shoes for the right occasion. Like you're not gonna show up not wearing the right clothes. Like, you know, um, it's just the way like, and, and it's interesting because some women are trying to, you know, fight that. Right. Like uh, not, um, uh, you know, keeping their gray hair or, you know, like, you know, trying to wear as little makeup as possible or no makeup at all. And and that happened at um, during uh, Fashion Week in Paris this year that they were really highlighting certain women who showed up 
and may have been dressed beautifully, but they had no makeup on and they were of a certain age. And of course, we all think it's fabulous, but we're also brainwashed to think, um, I don't know if I should do that. Ooh, that's pretty risky. And the whole thing about uh, the gender of, okay, the pink razor or the pink whatever or whatever, it's just for you to think, well, I have to have that in order for me to, to be female, but none of it's true. No, and it's it's really a question of personal choice. Like they shouldn't wait on anyone's shoulders. It should be like if you want to, you know, color your hair, you do it, and if you don't, then you don't. Right, right. So, but you know what I find interesting about it is that it's so controversial for women per se, and it's so talked about, and it's just not with men. It's just not an issue. It just it's yeah. Is there more pressing issues? Yes, makeup. You know for sure. Um, it's just it's it's just a global thing for women. Like there is so many things that need to be reorganized and put right to to make sure that we have a more comfortable um, situation. Like in 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 a lot of different you know um, you know it goes from you know going through menopause <laughs> to breastfeeding to I don't know like um, the the length of our skirts. Or the, you know, so there is so many things that just add, like they, they just, it's layers after layers after layers that we have to peel. Um, to... So do you, um, having lived in so many different places in the world, do you think, or can you speak to which areas of the world you think are still repressed? I mean, I, I feel like what happened in the United States so recently uh, with Roe v. Wade that we've gone so far backward and and I find it, you know, humiliating and infuriating uh, all at the same time because whoever thought that would happen in progressive America, but it has. So what do you, what are you seeing globally since you have studied this topic? So like, you know, in Poland, um, they are already pretty um, stubborn on the subject of abortion. Uh, it's it's really really hard for women um, to to go through abortion there. Uh, in France, you know, they are just uh, the French president is just trying to have it um, uh, put it in the constitution so it's protected. So the mm -hmm. right to uh, the right to abortion would be protected in France, where you know it's completely you know against pol Polish politics. So the, each country does its own thing. Uh, the same way you know in the U.S., each state is is kind of going one way or another. Uh, depending on who's in power, right? And, and and it looks like it's you know for around the world it's it's exactly the question like who's in power, and and what you know so then depending of that women lose or gain rights. Um, women's rights shouldn't be um, dependent of who's in power. Women's well, rights. Well, not only not only that, but I, it's really baffling to think that. It never really changes. It, I mean, in a way, it really doesn't. I mean, that to think how recently women were allowed to vote in the United States or what have you. But I also think it's interesting because the media is so good also about pitting women against women, like who's re who really looks good, who's really doing the right thing. And that is not helpful. And I know that you and I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine regarding women and how they dress. And we both disagreed with her vehemently about the fact that if women are abused, attacked, you know, uh, touched, raped, what, whatever, however you want to talk about it, 
it has nothing to do with what you're wearing, but somehow that still exists out there, even in the mindset of some women. Can you talk about that? Because I know that you, one of your uh, paintings addresses that issue. Uh, yeah, that's that's a painting about Artemisia Gentileschi and that we were talking about at the beginning where, you know, she had to go through so much violence uh, and, and, and she was a victim and it was layers and layers and layers of violence. And she ended up, you know, her life got, you know, she, she went to a trial and, and they were torturing her to know the truth uh, when she was a victim. And so it feels like, you know, for a woman, it's always that, you know, you are, uh, if, if something happens to you, it's your fault. And which is completely unacceptable. Uh, and eventually, you know, Artemisia Gentileschi um, um, kept on painting. Uh, she was a very famous painter, uh, you know, of her time and, and painted a lot of, you know, painting on that subject of, you know, women going through, um, um, you know, a hard time with all that sexuality that they were attracting uh, without asking for it. I, well, and on that note, uh, I don't have the name of it right in front of me. The uh, painting that you've done on women who are older. The name oh, of that? Aging painting. Gracefully. Aging Gracefully. And that is the only topic I think we've made any progress, at least in the United States. I think France was always ahead of us on that, where they 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 did revere, you know, the, the older, wiser you know, still sexy woman, whereas so many other places in the world, you're just discarded after the childbearing years or what have you, it's all downhill, lock her away. And I think that there have been so many women, whether it's because of health that women have lived longer or look better because they're healthier and take care of themselves. But uh, that may be one category where we've made a little bit of progress of I'm not dead yet. Or, you know, people always used to say, oh, well, if you're 50, you become invisible. And I, I so don't believe that. I think if anything, you finally come into your power at that age. But why don't you talk a little bit about that painting? Because that, that that's the only positive thing going on here. Yeah, so it's this one behind me. Um, and yes, it's the idea, like, how do you reinvent yourself when, you know, your kids are in college? And, and you stopped working to take care of them or you, you work past, you know, part-time or you had, you know, like your career was, you know, like you had more, you know, each woman organized their life when, it, you know, the way they wanted. But um, there is, you know, that other painting, which is about the mental load where you have, you know, when you have kids and you want to work and you have, you know, all those things that you need to do and your, your days can get pretty long. Um, and it can also, you know, prevent you from sleeping well because you want to, you know, you need to organize everything. Um, well, and not only that, what I find really astounding is that having three boys and having done it all and having worked, when I read the, the mental load description, you know, you want to burst into tears because I think for so many years, at least I speak for myself, but and most of the women I know, you're um, sort of in denial because you're in a survival mode. So you can't really say to yourself every day, I can't do this another day because you have to do it another day. But the the unbelievable amount of things that you are responsible for that aren't regarded 
as important to men at a certain level, but at the same time, who else is going to do it all? So yes, then your career gets put on the back burner unless you try to do it all, which it, I can assure you is exhausting. Uh, you've obviously done it all because you've continued painting throughout your years. And I, I just find it amazing. Then you get to the point where those people who have you have put your heart and soul into go away and you're left going, now what? And it's really quite an unfair formula because no matter how you slice it, it's, it's all on you. And then it's all on you to reinvent yourself and not complain about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very complex balance. So for for so many years, you you want you have you want to have you know kids, or maybe you don't. Have, you know, everybody is different. Every, you know, some women want to have kids, some women do not want right. to have. And and the mental charge can be different from one woman to another. Um, the idea, like when you're a woman, you have to take care of your whole family, but not just you know the day-to-day -day activities, the task, or you know do the grocery shopping. But as a mother um, and a wife, you're trying to make everybody happy and make sure that everybody is well, has a well-balanced life. And and you're gonna put everybody else first, and you're gonna think about yourself last. And and that that is that way of you know of organizing your life for so many years, and you you end up quite empty when everybody is gone, and and you have you know like suddenly have to, since we now live you know much longer in a way better um, you know um, way healthier, um, now you 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 can really enjoy your life after you know sixty. <laughs> well, not only that, but what I think is really funny about it is that everyone's like. Oh, who's that crazy old lady yelling at everybody? Well, you finally get to the point where you realize sort of how you've been put upon and then you break out. And that's why there's so many divorces for old, you know, women after the kids are gone, because they're like, what was that? <laughs> I'm free. So, I mean, it's just, I'm, not, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying, I think that's what happens is that you shift from knowing what your responsibilities are to saying, wow. Okay, I did all that. Good for me. And you've got that self-confidence to say, what am I doing next? And that's what I loved about the aging gracefully because she was strong, she was happy, and she was sort of coming into her own because you get that gets put on the back burner. Yeah, and but the only you know the situation is that when when we uh, we grow older, if if our career was not as successful as you know our husbands or women we didn't have kids, um, then you know our, the pay gap that was we felt already uh, you know transfers uh, into you know um, how much money we're gonna get every month when we retire, and so it's that you know complexity of. Um, having to keep on working or, you know, trying to reorganize things. So it, it works financially, but at the same time, after giving so much of your time to others, trying to find the, the time for yourself. So that's why I wanted to show, uh, you know, a, a lady who was really enjoying herself and being, you know, athletic, uh, even if she was, you know, um, uh, an older woman, but uh, she was a happy older woman. Right. And I and I think that uh, what was so important in that painting was what you were talking about is you're right, because then all of a sudden, oh, well, your pension isn't as big or what you paid into Social Security isn't as big. And you're not as free as you may think you are financially. 
And that is like the double whammy of, you know, doing all this and then sort of getting slapped in the face for it later, which I think that, uh, you know, young women probably know this better, at least than I did, is that really the smart thing is to always keep working, keep your finances and do the best you can juggling the family because it can, it can come to bite you in the end. And I don't, people look at that with sort of starry eyed, you know, happily ever after all this sort of thing, but it's, as we know, it's not always the case. So I find that to be a very, very important message that you're sending out. And I wish we could, we could do more (laughs) to broadcast that because, you know, so many mothers get shamed for not giving it 110%. And, and that it's ridiculous. I mean, I know women who do it to women and maybe they feel like, well, they're not working at all. So they are suspect of you. I don't know exactly what it is, but women should be supportive of those that, you know, understand that in the end, you know, you have to have money in the bank. It's it's tricky. Yeah. And, you know, it was a a, a fantastic thing about, you know, having this uh, show at the J Heritage Center and have so I I was here as much as I could to, you know, welcome the visitors. And we had amazing discussions uh, about, you know, their day to day -day activities or their everyday life and, and their suffering. There, you know, and and the paintings have that power that you can start discussing um, very, very private things, you know, because you see in the painting something that talks to you, something that you know you suddenly you remember a situation you were in, and and I had amazing discussions with women who were remembering some hard times that they had forgotten because you cannot keep remembering, otherwise you get too sad. Well, and you become sort of disabled almost. I mean, you have to accept your plight. And the, the, the ridiculous thing is that you just have to keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger and more and more resilient so that in the end, you can be that happy older woman who made the right choices for herself, which is not... It's not that easy to do when everybody is demanding something from you. So how long will the swimsuit series be at the J? Uh, just until um, uh, November 30th, which is a Thursday. So this uh, this Sunday, uh, November 19th, is the last Sunday uh, to, to see the show. Uh, and what are the hours? Um, so on Thursdays, it's uh, 10 to 2. And on Sunday, it's uh, 10 to 5. 10 to 5. Well, everybody needs to go to the J Heritage Center anyway, because it's such a fabulous place. And Suzanne Clary, the president, is a friend and a brilliant woman who just does an unbelievable job over there. And talk about a dynamo. She's a, such a dynamo, that woman. And she's uh, she's done it all and, and is wearing it well, let me tell you that. So before came to the J, uh, where were the paintings? Sorry? Before you were showing at the J Heritage, where were the paintings being shown? Uh, so um, seven of them were on display at the European de- European delegation to the United Nations in New York, uh, because every year they have a, a, like the UN has a summit about women's rights, and every year they discuss a, a different subject. And so I had that, you know, amazing opportunity to to pre- like to show my work um, at the European delegation for several months, um, and then I got a, a grant 
from the state of New York um, that was administered by Arts Westchester uh, to um, finish the five last paintings. Um, because as you can see, they are pretty large. <laughs> well, and, they're actually larger in person than they look behind you. Yeah, they are my like each woman is kind of my size. It's it's a human size. So nice. Uh, and so it's uh, you know I needed some financial help to to finish that, and um, I was you know very grateful from you know Arts Westchester picked my project and helped me you know. Uh, gave me a grant um, to finish it and then super super grateful um, you know um, Suzanne Cleary and the J Heritage Center has been you know they they have been um, host hosting my my work for um, two months yes and that's been you know uh, an amazing opportunity which uh, also of course as you and I spoke about happened to be abuse awareness month which mm -hmm may have been coincidental, but it was really great timing. So when uh, when you're painting, I'm assuming you have a studio or do you paint out of your home? What do you do? Yeah, I do have a studio. Mm -hmm. And that's probably necessary as far as, for me anyway, because I like to write. The isolation is, is something that's necessary for me. Do you need to be alone while you're painting or or does that not matter? No, I'm usually alone. Yeah, I'm usually in, uh, you know, in my corner, dark clothed, you know, uh, in my in my own universe. Um, also, because there is a lot of research involved, like I, I like to read a lot about, you know, it's it's a way of educating myself and understanding, uh, you know, a, a bunch of different subject matters that I'm not uh, familiar with, you know, like there is a, some of my paintings that are, you know, not, you know, some of them I can relate more easily than others just because it happened to me. Uh, others, you know, like there is, a, for example, one about a handicap, uh, you know, yes. like a, a, it's, a, um, you know, dis differently abled and how, you know, they, they can access, because all of them, all of those paintings are at the swimming pool, you know, how people with a, with a handicap, um, you know, can have the freedom of accessing a swimming pool just by themselves without right. any, and enjoy the freedom of swimming. Yeah. So I, you know, what I find so fabulous is that you're looking at from a historical aspect of women throughout the years, uh, a, a artistic aspect and reaching back to masters, whether it's uh, Vermeer and uh, milk, Milkmaid milk, yeah. um, and uh, Warhol uh -huh. of, of Marilyn Monroe. But to be able to do all that research and then apply it and then do the art, I think is just masterful and it gives it so much depth. And it has it anyway, because it's got orange packaging in it. It's got netting from oranges. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so where do, where do you go from here with this? Um, I am gonna keep on working on that subject matter of, you know, women's rights. Uh, from a different angle, uh, you know, I need to, I'm going to start a new series on that. There's, you know, those little things in life that are just annoying, like, you know, our pockets are always too small, or we have no pockets in our dresses, or we have, you know, we have to carry a purse, and then that purse can get stolen because, you know, it's so easy. Um, it's just, you know, the, the fact that we, 
naturally we're gonna maybe not um, um, walk by yourself at night in some areas, or maybe we're not gonna, you know, take that subway line, or maybe you know, so there's a bunch all of the time. All yeah. my, oh, I, I go to the city all the time, and all my decisions are based on what time of day it is. Can I go to that particular station? I always bring a some sort of hat with me to hide my hair. I, I mean, really, the whole the whole thing. And I think about it every time I go. And I think about not standing too close to the edge of the train. I think about all of it constantly. And, you know, I was lucky when I was younger that I, I had, I did have incidents like all women, but none of them so serious that I didn't survive. But it's just a constant threat. And I don't know that men even understand what it's like to think like that every day. I would never walk around with earpods in. I would never, any of those things that people feel free to do. I, I just wouldn't take the chance. Yeah. Or, you know, our mothers are just teaching us to be careful because uh, we can be easily a victim and yeah. it doesn't happen, you know, to everybody all the time, but it can happen. Uh, and so this is, you know, I want to, I want to research that those little things that we, we live with every day. It's not about, you know, a woman's rights, but it is in a way, in a way that you have the right to, you know, the freedom of moving around, the freedom of, you know, like the, of having, you know, to travel by yourself, the freedom, you know, to make it safe. Um, right. everybody. So, um, and, and little things that are just, that needs to be you know change like little details and i just want to paint about that so it's a different research uh but it, it's in the same you know it's going the same way to try to my to make you know women's life better and also to make them reflect on it because sometimes we're so used to not having a certain right or having small pockets that we don't really even realize that we could have big pockets or <laughs> big pockets. pockets think of it no, I think it's wonderful. And I think, of course, awareness is always the, the correct word in these situations so that uh, I, I mean, I've got three sons. So believe me, they've had to become aware because I preach a lot. But that's what I figure my biggest responsibility is to raising men. So I don't want them contributing in a negative way to society. So that that is a mother I don't mind doing because, you know, make the world a better place and all that. So anyway, how can people reach you? Uh, again, everyone, uh, the Jay Heritage Center uh, it closes on November 30th, open on Thursdays and Sundays, and then they can reach you. How's the best way to do that? So I am I, you know, through my website, uh, there are, you know, all my information on there. So it's artefleur.com, A-R-T-E-F-L-E-U-R.com. And it's, you know, there is my um, uh, email address on there and they can, you know, send me direct messages also on there. Um, and, and, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, answering any questions, starting new discussions. Do you uh, do so commission work for individuals? Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of commission work. Um, not on that. So that series of work, uh, for example, is not for sale. And, right. and I've been asked, you know, to do smaller version of it. Um, and I need to think about it. 
but I also, you know, work on other um, projects. You know, a painting is a painting, and sometimes it's really nice to um, work on something else for a client. Um, well, I know that you had done um, a painting for somebody who interviewed you in the Netherlands of her as a house. Oh, yes. And she had a camera and a cat. Oh, yeah, she's a photographer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was when, during COVID. It was a whole series I, I developed during COVID because we were, we, we just became part of our houses. We were just, you know, women house. Like we were, so our home was us. There was no, we, because we were stuck. So there was, so I was having fun, you know, turning her body into houses and having, you know, head and hands and, you know, sticking out and, and a bunch of, you know, what was defining us, you know, if we were a photographer, uh, if we were like a painter or if we were like a mom with five kids, uh, giving to the, the image all those um, details. It, it was so true. I spent so much of my time crying in the stop and stop and shop parking lot. <laughs> Anything to not be here. <laughs> Anything. Anyway, uh, it's so nice to visit with you. And I hope that everybody reaches out to you and takes a look at the work and at least go to the J because it's, I mean, go there, see this, go see the gardens. I mean, it's 23 acres of perfection. And uh, again, Suzanne Clary is a president. If you see her running around, she's tall and fabulous with long hair. And she's she's just really, she's really a knockout. So anyway, thank you, Flor. Flor, Flor. I mean, I'm so bad with the, I mean, I love the French and I just always butcher it. But thank you for joining me today. And uh, I hope everybody comes and sees the work. It's really magnificent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. This is Kim Burns with What's the Story?